Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good prayer. I tell you, when we can get to that place where I can lay what I'm going through down, just for a second, just for a minute, and come worship him with a pure heart, worship him in spirit and in truth, things change. Things change. Hallelujah. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to bear with me for a couple of weeks. Pastor Casey asked me to teach on the bride for two or three weeks, and, and I started studying. I'm, I texted him. I said, it might take longer. I don't know. But just bear with me for a couple of weeks. Um, we're going to be teaching on the bride, and, and what we teach in Sunday school, we're going to be doing it again in the home group because I feel like, you know, that we need repetition. <laughs> I do. I need repetition, and a revelation is something that I grab. I grab it with my spirit, and then I chew on it. Break that thing down and chew on it and get it in me, boy, where nothing can take it away from me, nothing. And I know what it is that I've just received from him. So we're going to try to do that. And, I, and I, before I even start this lesson, I want to tell you that, that I want to come to you as Dr. Klutzy today, I want to provoke you. Okay? I want to provoke you. Because when I start this, at first you might be like, what? But bear with me. This is good news. Okay? This is good news. And I titled this, Who is the Bride of Christ? Who is the Bride? Until Thursday, <laughs> I mean for real, until Thursday, I just assumed that everyone that got born again was the bride of Christ. But I can't find that. I don't think that's the truth. I think that's something that, you know, just because I got saved does not qualify me to be the bride. Amen? It qualifies me to go to heaven. I'm going to go to heaven. But that doesn't qualify me to be the bride of Christ. She has some qualities that I need to work on. Amen? So, I know I feel it. You mean I might not be the bride? Well, because we th- if, if we think that, that everyone who gets saved is automatically qualified to be the bride of Christ, then, then, then I really can live any way I want to live. I really can do whatever I want to do because, hey, I got me a free ticket on the bride train. And that's not the way it works. <laughs> Instead of the Trump train, we get on the bride train. But that's not the way, that's not, that's not, Okay. All throughout the word of God, there are distinctions made in his children. There's distinctions made in the children of God. You can look at the Israelites. He brought them out. All of them were his children. He brought all of them out of Egypt. Some of them did not go into the promised land. And I could say, if you really look at it, the promised land is the bridal chamber. 
we ain't even going to go there, okay? That's just something I threw out at y'all so y'all can chew on that next week and go, what in the world is she talking about? Because I, re- I can't go there, you know, because I don't have all that. So he, there's a lot of distinctions that are made in the children of God. Um, in an army, he calls us an army. In an army, there are distinctions made. I can go in and do my four years and leave a private and never go anywhere. I'm still a part of the army. Or I can apply myself and I can do things and I can, I can get promotions. Or if I decide that I want to make this my life, which is a key, my life, then I can go to school. I can next thing, you know, I could be a five-star general. But it's, all, it's, it's up to me, right? It's all up to me and what, how I apply myself and what I do. Okay. So just because we are saved and born again does not mean we are the bride of Christ. But I told you at the beginning that I come to provoke you. Amen? Because I done got provoked myself. Because when I started seeing this, my prayer changed. Mm. I do not intend to be a wedding guest. <laughs> there are bride... And there's the wedding guest. And I do not intend on being no guest at my bridegroom's wedding. Hey, that changed some things. Because if I'm in love with that man, if I'm in love with him, and then he chooses somebody else and I just got to go to the wedding and watch it? No. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go to Luke chapter 10 to start this off, okay? Y'all remember, bear with me. We're going to get this. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to see, starting in verse 38, there's a difference made here between Martha and Mary. Now, before I start, I know we are all servants. We are servants. And I will submit to you that the more I worship, the more I will serve, okay? So I'm not saying that we ain't supposed to be servants, that Martha is wrong. There's a distinction to be made here, okay? Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Martha received him, okay? She received him. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. The message says, she sat at his feet and hung on every word that come out of his mouth. She was like, she couldn't see nobody but Jesus. Nothing but Jesus, okay? Um, But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to get up and help me. Now, Martha is serving. Somebody got to do the work. (laughs) There's work to be done. Martha is busy, 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 and she's a little bit mad. Okay? Because she's having to do all this. She's working. And I know all you servant-motivated people, somebody has to do the work. Okay? 
It was hard last Sunday. <laughs> I was soaking in his feet. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> not sorry. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. Woo! But Martha says, Jesus, don't you see what she's doing? She's just sitting there, and that is what she presumed that she was doing. Just sitting there. Tell her to get up and help me. And what does Jesus say? And Jesus answered unto her and said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. You are anxious and you are very busy. But the one thing that is needed, Mary has chosen that good part and it will not be taken from her. So there's one thing that is needed. What is the one thing that is needed? Sit at his feet and hang on every word that he utters to you. No, it's not easy because I have to wait. I have to sit there. I have to not busy myself with stuff that has to be done. Okay? And I have to focus on him. See, she was bl- I believe that Mary was blinded by anyone else in the room. She was a single eye, and that eye was on Jesus. And she didn't hear Martha clanging them dishes. You know, because you know Martha was being loud. You know she was, because I know how I get. If I feel like I'm the only one doing anything, and you, you know, you sling the dish in that sink a little harder than you normally would. You know, you rap on the, you know, you loud, because you want her to, you want trying. It's manipulation, but you're trying to get her attention, so she'll go, oh, oh, I need to go help. She ain't worried about helping you. Martha had decided to go join and sit at Jesus' feet. She would have chosen the goodest thing. (laughs) It would all work out. It will all work out. Yes, because if I am sitting at his feet and I am soaking up him, he's going to speak to me and tell me what to do. And then I get up and I go obey him. The key things there is that you don't see that Jesus told her that she needed to go do all the serving. We don't know that Jesus and his disciples came in and demanded a bunch of food or anything. He was there ministering. She she decided in herself that that was the right thing to Mm do. Probably because she's serving motivated, and that's just the first place her mind went. But what did Jesus (laughs) tell her to do? Yeah. That was a key right there. He said she was probably servant motivated, and so that was the p- first place her mind went. That mind will cause you to not be doing what Jesus wants you to do. That, and you think you're doing the right thing because somebody got to cook. Somebody's got to clean. Somebody's got to do these things. But I tell you that it will be done right if we just sit at his feet. Pastor. Cindy, pastor, pastor. <laughs> I, I heard in my spirit when, when, when you were talking, her attitude is what caused her from missing something. Because mm-hmm. God is spirit. Mm-hmm. And we can get God. It doesn't matter what we're doing or where we're at. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was her attitude 
they ain't help. She ain't helping guys. She ain't. She was mad. Missed. She missed. Mm-hmm. Pastor Casey. Um, what you were just saying about how everything works out if you do what God said, because God, because God is a God of order, God would speak to somebody at mm-hmm. the right time and say, "Okay, now go get the food." Mm-hmm. And they may miss what Jesus was saying, but the they would still receive all the blessing yes. because they were in obedience they to were God. In obedience. Yes. So it's not that you should never do anything, you but you should do what your place is and do what God has put you and do what he told you. And then you get everything and everything's in order and don't, yes. don't nobody have a bad attitude. Amen. <laughs> Cause then bad attitudes will mess you up. The church would be better off if it focused on Christ. Yes. And not pleasing the people. Amen. Amen. Because if we focus on Christ, now does he not tell me to submit myself one to another? Yes. So if I'm focused on him, if if I put my focus all on him, I'm still going to serve you. I still am. Just like Pastor said, he's going to speak to somebody at that moment and say, okay, go get the food now, or okay, go do this, or okay, you go do this. And everything is going to work out. Everyone is going to be taken care of, but he is the main focus. Okay, now we're talking about the bride and the wedding guests. Do y'all see a correlation there? Yes, ma'am. She was hungry, but she was hungry for the things of God. And she, was, she wanted food, but she yes. Didn't yes. Because I think someone said, I heard it not too long ago, that the closer we get to him, the more I focus on him, the more I worship him, the more he is what I'm after. Food, everything else goes by the wayside. I'm not thinking about that anymore. I'm thinking about him. I'm focused on him. And he's going to bring, I'm, I guarantee you, he ain't going to let us starve to death. You know what I'm saying? Our cooking may be kosher. Our cooking might be kosher. And I tell you, when we went to Israel, you felt a whole lot better that week we were in Israel than that week we were in Greece. A whole lot better eating that kosher diet. It made a world of difference. But that was a rabbit. We're not going to chase no rabbit. We're going to stick with this. Just because I am born again does not qualify me to be the bride of Christ. It does not qualify me for that. He is coming back for a bride without spot. Hey! Or blemish and no wrinkles. Amen? And Revelation says that... The bride prepared herself. So I can't just sit back and think that I can live willy-nilly, loosey-goosey, haphazardly, whatever Julie calls it. What do you call it? Slipshod. Slipshod. I can't live no slipshod life and think that Jesus is going to take all my spots out. I can't live like that. If I want to be the bride and don't think for one second, like I said, I ain't going to be sitting in the room somewhere while somebody else is at the table with him. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That 
is my man. <laughs> hey, and ain't nobody else get when I put my sights on Keith Cooper. No, nobody else stood a chance. Cause I went after him. I said, "Oh, I like that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was real cute, y'all. He had hair. <laughs> he had thick black hair and a full beard, and I just like that, you know. And he's a big boy. I like big boys. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was like, mm, he, "I like." And he was so sweet, just the nicest person. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Josh? He was so sweet. Yes, yes. Has one of the biggest hearts of anybody I've ever met. And Josh Josh was two when we met each other. And he, honestly, one of the main reasons I fell in love with him is because he went head over heels for Josh. He would come over and not even talk to me. He played with Josh. And I was like, hmm, there might be a little something to this fella. And I put my, I set my sights on him. And we'd be married 31 years in October. Amen. And I feel the same way today about Jesus Christ. I got my sights set on him. And ain't nobody else going to be sitting at that table without me. I'm sitting at that table. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to be sitting at that table. So I come to provoke you. I'm provoking you, honey. Just because you're saved does not mean you are his bride. But I provoke you today that it is not too late. If you want to be his bride, then you go after him with everything you have. Everything. Hallelujah. When it talks about he's coming back for a bride without spot or blemish or wrinkle, that's corruption, compromise, her character. It's speaking of her character. When it talks about wrinkles, wrinkles are always in the face. That's, that's part of what the word means. Uh, a fold, especially in the face. Face always is talking about your character. It's not just this pretty thing. It's my character. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love you too. Yes. I don't want none. And I do everything I can not to have any. But I, don't want, I want my character to be what it's supposed to be. Because that's the most important thing. And that's what he's looking at. He's looking at my character. I heard someone say, and I don't, everybody just runs together who's saying these things, that um, whenever something happens to me and I'm in front of y'all, I do the right thing, you know? But Jesus says, what did I think in my heart? I might have done the right thing, but what did I think in my heart? Oh, dear, I come to provoke. You. Yes. Well, yes. Let's just go look at those little virgins. Matthew 25. 
Yes. Matthew 25, starting with 1. I feel like dancing. Okay. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, this is Jesus. Jesus is speaking a parable. Jesus didn't just come up with this. He's talking about stuff that these people that he's talking to are familiar with everything he's saying. They are familiar with the Hebrew wedding. They are familiar with what a lamp means. They are familiar with the light. They're familiar with all that stuff because all this stuff is in the Torah, which is what they studied. Okay? All right, so Jesus is talking to them, and he says in verse 2, Five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made. And y'all, when I started, this is when it's going to take me a while. Whenever I started looking at this and looking at the Hebrew wedding, oh my God, it became completely completely set in me that the whole of creation was for the wedding. (laughs) I know y'all didn't get as excited as I did, but hallelujah, he created the world so he could marry me. (laughs) And everything he did showed it. Everything he did. That Hebrew wedding. He is going. He left. Y'all, when the, when the bride and the groom get betrothed, that's engaged. They get engaged to each other. And, and he, after a little bit, he has to leave. For one year, they are separated for a year. And he goes to his father's house. <laughs> he goes to his father's house to prepare a mansion. To prepare a room for her. And he waits until his father says, you can go get your bride. And at midnight, him and his groomsmen, hey, they sneak through the woods. And just a few minutes before he gets to her house, there's a cry that says, the bridegroom's coming, the bridegroom's coming. So she has, because she's supposed to be ready, so it ain't going to take but just a second. For her to get her lipstick on. That's all it's going to take. At midnight, honey, she's ready at midnight. And all she has to do is put that lipstick on that last little finishing touch. And the bridegroom is there to get her. What the world does that sound like? Jesus said, I'm going away. To prepare a mansion for you. But don't worry, honey. Because I'm coming back to get you, baby girl. I'm coming back to get you. Yes, I am. You ain't going to know what it is. But you just get ready and you stay ready, okay? Because at the midnight hour, when my father finally releases me, and I know he's sitting up there going, Can a daddy, can I go get her daddy? Come on, can't not yet. Okay, hammer, 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 hammer. You know, and he's setting that furniture just right. Mm, boy, it looks good. Can I, Daddy? Can I go get her now? Nope, not just yet. And one reason I'm thankful that the father's saying not just yet, because I ain't ready. 
Amen. If I thought I was ready last week, <laughs> which I didn't, I know I'm not ready today. So the bridegroom can be delayed. And he's delayed right now by me saying, not yet, Jesus. Not yet. Don't come yet. I ain't quite ready. I got a, I got a couple of spots that I'm working on. I got a wrinkle right here, and I'm fixing to iron that joker out. Okay, y'all, y'all see what I'm saying? So don't y'all, none of y'all say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I know there's some in here that they just want out of here, boy. Fast as they can get out of here. But I don't want to stand before the judgment right now. Mm-mm, not me. You might have been, you might be just right. But I'm not. And I don't want to stand before the judgment right now. Because I've been a servant. I haven't been a bride. And I provoke you to be the bride. Let's be the bride. I want to sit at that table with my groom. I don't want to be in a far off corner somewhere. Smelling all the good food and hearing all the, the, the celebration. I don't want that. I'm going to be there with him. So, let's become the bride. Let's look at Revelation 2, 4. Yes, ma'am. Mike. Well, that's what the face represents, is that character of mine. So, if I have a wrinkle in my face, he's really talking about my heart. That's what he's really talking about. Because Hebrew language means different than what ours means. And so I appreciate folks that study it. I've tried, and it's hard. So I'll just go listen to them. Because <laughs> it's tough. But they, but they help you, you know, understand what he's talking about. And when he talks about your face, that is your character. And so I want no wrinkle in my character. He says no corruption. He is coming back for a bride that don't have no compromise. I don't compromise with the devil. I don't compromise with the devil. He is the enemy. He is the one that's trying to stop everything. He's the enemy. Okay. Revelation 2. And four. He's talking to one of the churches. Well, let's, let's start in two. Revelation 2, 2. It says, I know thy works, thy labor, thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. He says, I know that you hate the devil. I see your work. I see the things that you are doing. How you have, you have tried them that say they are apostles and they're not, and you have found them liars. You didn't just swallow everything everybody said. You tested the spirits. I see all this about you. I see you working hard. I see you. I see what you're doing and how you're patient. And for thy name's sake has labored and has not fainted. He said, you didn't give up. You've been working hard and you didn't faint. But... I have something against you. You left your first love. Now, how many of us, this is me, you know, around here, we take the mask off. And I have to expose myself and tell y'all what I really am. And when I first 
came into the fullness of God. When I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I just I would find myself just sitting there for hours and just worshiping him. I didn't have any responsibilities. I didn't teach. I didn't, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I worshipped him because I wanted to worship him. Because of his goodness. But then, through that worshipping him, through hearing the, the word that was taught here and taking that word and applying it to my life and, and, and doing what the word that I was taught here said, then God started changing me. In his presence, he started changing me. And you know, as we mature, we get responsibility. Ava Grace has only been responsible for being adorable. That's her only responsibility until now. She's a little bit older. She's smart as a whip. So now she's responsible for picking up her toys. And she now is responsible for cleaning up her mess. And she'll be eating crackers, and then she'll look down, she'll go, oh, no, mess. And she starts cleaning it up. She's responsible for some things. And that was the same way with me. I started having some responsibilities. And so then I find myself praying for the home groups, praying for the leaders. Then I'm praying for a Bible lesson for the home groups, and And praying for the praise team, get a breakthrough, and just in case I have to be on the drums, you know, um, and praying for the Sunday school. So I have reasons that I'm praying, okay? That ain't my first love. I'm being encumbered about by the work. He said, I see you work. I see all that you're doing. I see the labor that you're doing. I see it. But when are you going to worship me just because you love me? When are you going to come sit at my feet just and not, not have a reason? Not have an ulterior motive? Can I say something? That's prostitution. When I love a man for what he can give me or for what I need from him is prostitution. And it's selling yourself cheap. But whenever I love my husband because I love him, I just love him. I'm not asking for anything. It's the same thing with Jesus. Now my my whole shift has to change. And I know in my head, I know that I can come and worship him and the home groups and the leaders and the lesson and the Sunday school lesson and the drums, and the praise team, and my kids, and my husband, and my grandkids, and my yada, and my yada, and my yada is going to be taken care of. I know that in my head. But you still find myself coming to him with an agenda instead of just praying, instead of just worshiping, instead of laying down my stuff Forgetting what I have to do, forgetting it all, and just worship him. That's what he's looking for, and that is what his bride does. Because when you are a bride, all you are thinking about is the affection of your bridegroom. I want you to look at me. Kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. 
That's what we're after when we're a bride. Is I just want to be with you. I just love you. I heard someone say, was it not true whenever you were courting each other that she's away in college and you're over here working and you're talking to each other for seven hours and you had a $650 phone bill? I think y'all did that, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Had a phone bill that it took 10 hours to pay. I mean, 10 years to pay. Josh and Liz did that. I remember thinking, Lord have mercy, you're out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. Them rates is high. But it don't matter. I got to talk to you. What'd you do today? Nothing. (laughs) You talked for seven hours like that. Right there. I don't know what Keith and I used to talk about. Because he lived in Wyoming and I was living here. I don't know what we would talk about. But we'd be on that phone forever. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Oh, I love you, honey. I just love you. You hang up. Call me back in 15 minutes, okay? You know, whatever. Now I'm like, hello? Yeah. Okay, I fed your dog. Because he will call me and say, what's T-Boy doing? He's laying on the couch. Things change, do they not? But they ain't supposed to. It's time, huh? Oh, okay. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) He just wanted to hear my voice. And he didn't know how to, or he didn't want to say, Hey, honey, I love you. He wanted to say, What's T-Boy doing? Just so I could say, He's sitting on the couch. Instead of saying, Well, honey, he's laying here on this couch waiting for you to come home. (laughs) I think I have a couple of spots that have to be worked out. How many times have we heard that the picture, my marriage on on this earth, is a picture of my relationship? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm falling the altar right now. Help me. I do not want to be judged right now. I do not want him to come right now and me have to stand at the judgment seat. No, thank you. Not yet. Hold up, Father. Don't end this thing right now. But I'm working on this. And the presence of Jesus Christ is where I'm changed into his glory. So if I want to be the bride, I must be in his presence. Soaking in it. Because uh, since you said that, we'll just go, you know, Esther had to soak in oils for six months. You know what those oils do? Draw out impurities. The oils drew out the impurities. Myrrh draws out impurities. Okay, she sat in that stuff for six months. And then she soaked in the perfumes. Then she soaked in those oils that caused her to smell like he wanted her to smell. Hey. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sitting there soaking in that presence. Soaking in. Soaking in that rose and that jasmine and that all that wonderful smelling good stuff. So that whenever she came before the king, she smelled like he wanted her to smell. 
So we got to sit in his presence for a while. And we got to allow him to work on us. That's where I'm changed. That's where those spots get dealt with. When I just come to him and I don't have no agenda, I just want to sit at your feet, Jesus, because you are wonderful and you are beautiful and you are glorious and I love you with everything in me. And I get quiet because sometimes I have to be still and know that he is God and let him work on me. And he'll sometimes, sometimes he don't do it all the time. Sometimes he just wants to kiss me. That's all he wants to do. Sometimes in that loving and all that, he'll say, you know, the other day when you, talk, when you said real ugly, T-boy's on the couch. He'll deal with that. And I can, in his presence, say, God, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be hateful to my husband. I love him. And I don't want to be ugly to him. God, take that mean, hateful thing out of me. Because we have to realize that we mean and hateful. And if I don't get in his presence, I don't know that. That's the truth. Well, I know. Because I know. But I don't know. You know, I'm not willing to do anything about it until I get in his presence. Which is really the truth. Because I can say all day long, you know, I don't want to, I ought not be that way. But then when somebody looks at me cross-eyed, I'm that way again. And I'm that way because I want to be that way. But I got to get in his presence. I got to let that myrrh <laughs> pull those impurities out of me. That's what I got to do. Amen? Woo! Because he's coming back for me. And when he does, I can't have no blemishes. I can't have I can't have no pimple in my character. And y'all know that my favorite chapter in the whole Bible is John 15 where he talks about he's the vine and I'm I'm a branch and and if I will connect if I, I'm connected to that branch if I'll draw from that branch I'm going to produce what that branch is. Which is, that branch is love and joy and peace and gentleness and faith and meekness and patience and OMG self-control. That's what that, that's what that vine is. So if I draw from that vine, because I'm connected, but y'all know it says now that if you are on that vine, now see here's another distinction. If you're on that vine, but you don't produce the fruit, you get cut off. He's the one making the distinctions, not me. I just happen to see and think, oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't want to be there. I happen to start seeing that there is a wedding that's fixing to happen. And there is a bride And there's also some guests. And I ain't going to be no guest. Pardon my Arkansas English. I ain't going to be no guest. I'm going to be doing everything I can do, everything in my power to be the bride, to be chosen. See, many are called. And I really do believe, and I think on here I put it, it's found in, in the book of Barbara, chapter 25, verse 3. I believe that everyone has potential to be the bride. Everyone has potential to be the bride. Everyone can be. And I believe that it's the Father's will that everyone 
is the bride. I believe that. Because he's no respecter of persons. If he created me to be the bride, he created you to be the bride. It's up to the bride to get ready. I'm not ready. I'm more ready today than I was yesterday because I sat in his presence for about two hours this morning. <laughs> Woo! And I was like, oh man, I got to go take a shower. I came to provoke you. You did it. I came to provoke you. Yeah. I'm ready. I've heard people say, I'm so ready to get out of here. Come on, Jesus, come get us. Let's go to heaven. Mm -mm. No, no, no. No, Father, not yet. Not yet. That's what I'm crying. Not yet. I ain't ready. I I got a spot right here. There's a blemish right here. There's some wrinkles over here. Uh Uh-uh, I ain't ready. Mm -mm. I want to soak in his presence for a little while longer. I need to soak in his presence. And there's a whole lot of the body of Christ that's not ready. We live in any old way we want to live. And just just because I come to church on Sunday and Wednesday and I say the blessing before I eat, don't make me no bride. You'll be a guest, but it don't make me a bride. The bride is finicky about what's going on with her. How many brides don't try to lose 20 pounds before the wedding? (laughs) Bridezillas. No, no, that's the devil. No. How many tries, you know, you you go to the beautician and, and you try 14 different hairstyles and makeup? And how many dresses do you try on? I know somebody said, I got married in my blue jeans and a t-shirt. Well, that's great. You fixing. If you will get yourself right, <laughs> you fixing to have the wedding of all weddings. Mm-hmm. With gold stitching. Hey. Hallelujah. A dress that nobody can even imagine. I want to be the bride. So I not only came to provoke you. I came to provoke me. I've been provoked. When them men came up here and, and, and Dr. Mills started talking the way he did Friday in that meeting, I was like, whoo. <laughs> I felt a shift. I felt something. <clears throat> I felt a shift in me. And I went and told him, I said, I, I don't know what's happened, but I felt a shift as you were teaching. And he just broke down squalling. I'm like, this man that, it's like way up here behind, beyond me. Broke down crying because God shifted me when he taught. Humility. No pride. Not one ounce of saying, well, I'm glad you got it because, you know, that's a great revelation that I have. And, and um, I'm glad you got it. <laughs> no, he broke down and started squalling. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I was like, I just went to the altar and went, <laughs> you know, because 
I felt a shift, but I didn't really know what had happened. And so you start pulling on it. You start studying on it. And that's what we have to do when we hear things, revelation from God. We grab it with my spirit. Grab it with my spirit. But then I take it and I start dissecting it. And I break it down and I chew on it because it's meat. It's meat. We have to leave the milk. We've been on the milk for too long. We got to get in that meat. And that meat you have to chew on for a while. I can grab a hold of it real quick because my spirit is open. I come expecting, God, I want this revelation. He gives it to me. But then I got to go chew on it a little bit. I got to go find out what he really said. And whenever I started chewing on the revelation of the bride a little bit, I found out I I might not be her. Oh, that changed everything. When I thought for two seconds that I might not be her, I broke. (laughs) I said, fix me, God. I ain't been no wedding guest. No, sir. This is going to be a bride. So I came to provoke you today that you can be the bride of Christ. We must soak in his presence. The bride can't focus on anything but her bridegroom. That's all she's focused on. That's all she's looking at. That consumes every waking and she's dreaming about him too. Every moment of her life is consumed by the bridegroom. And now just like Martha, she, she, took, she was busy. She was so busy doing the work that she wasn't, she wasn't focused on Jesus. She wasn't sitting at his feet and hanging on every word that he said like drops of honey. Oh my, oh, this is so good. Mary was doing the one thing that's needed to become the bride. And Jesus said, I know there's stuff that's got to be done, but this is not going to be taken from her. She wants to sit at my feet, she can sit at my feet. She wants to hang on every word I say, I'm going to talk to her as long as she wants to sit there. As long as she wants to listen to me. Kiss me, Jesus. Kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. I want to love you because you are wonderful. You are beautiful and you smell like nothing I've ever smelt before. You are so amazing, Jesus. There's no one like you. You're the only one, only one that's worthy to be praised. You're the only one. You are the love of my life. I hang on every word that you speak because there's resurrection life in everything you do. Hallelujah. I intend on being the bride. That is now my focus. That is what I'm going after. 
And we're going to talk in the next few coming weeks. If I can get my words come out right, because that one just about didn't come out right. Oh, I feel Jesus. <laughs> we're going to talk about the bride for the next few weeks, and we're going to talk about the bridegroom. <laughs> we're going to talk about the wedding. Oh, my goodness, it's wonderful. It changed my life. So now, instead of saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus, I say, hold up a minute. <laughs> Let me get this right. Let me get this right. I want to become everything that you created me to be, and you created me to be the bride. And there's some characteristics in the bride that I have to get worked into myself. Amen. We'll look at Rebecca. She was, when I started looking at her, I'm like, oh my goodness, it's time. Okay. Thank you, Father. Thank you for unfolding this revelation to us that you did create the heavens and the earth and the people for the wedding. You created us for Jesus. You created us to be the bride of Christ. Show me what I have to do to be the bride of Christ. Show me what to do, Lord, and I will do it. I will do it. Thank you for this revelation. Thank you for unfolding it to us, God. Thank you for getting it in our spirits, Lord, where, where our whole focus changes, God, and, and we look at nothing but your son. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.